All right, what's up, underground? Hey, how you doing? I'm great. Are you asking me or them? Um, yeah. Okay. Totally. <laughs> hey, we're just gonna we're gonna insert in here a uh, relatively short kind of intro ish podcast to our next section. So we have been chilling in various components in subheadings of who the church is. Right, that's been kind of the uh, the handful of episodes that we've been sitting in using some is, of Damien Girk's language. Is it who the church is or what the church is? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And we are moving into now the idea of uh, what the church does. Part two. Part two. And we originally had like, hey, we're going to do an intro episode to this. And I'm like, but we don't. We've done too many intro episodes. So this is kind of a kind of intro, but also zooming in on the idea uh, the, the language that, that Damien uses is programmatic versus personal. We're looking at the two kind of discipleship, uh, I don't know, methodologies, models, way ofs, when we think of making disciples. The church as we know it model tends to be programmatic. I don't think that's unfair to say. We've come from that. Like we, we It tends to be kind of a program of the church uh, with very specific do this, then this, then this. That's fair, right? Uh, I'm, I mean, I don't know that there has actually been a specific rollout of a plan. <laughs> but I think what you're yeah. saying is you're involved in programs, at least, that yeah. you Do would hope have some sort of so you're natural me, when, flow to it. When you worked at a church, there wasn't an actual—was there never like a, this is the discipleship plan? Uh, no. Yeah. Well, see, he Damien says that in the book, too. and I Well, I say that. I mean, I mean, I I wasn't really no. <laughs> like I want to be generous to say that. Like, I'm just saying, like yeah. from from what you said, from where it's like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. It's like there are programs for you to be involved in, right? And at some level, it's your choice to be a part of them. And then you know, it's it's like it depends. You know, it's like is it is it are you pushing most of the disciple making into small groups and then are those small groups responding to the Sunday message yeah. or are they doing a book study or are, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. So it's basically like the, the plan is the uh, programmatic, whatever you have. Yeah. It's place. the programmatic approach. Yeah. No. So I totally see that as true. You know, so we have a lot of church friends, uh, you know, that you'll actually walk into the church building and you'll kind of see the process. I don't know. It's on a, on the wall or that's on true. a graphic yeah. or something. And that's more to your point where it's like, all right, get them here, uh, get them plugged in here, get them serving here or whatever kind of the, the yeah. steps are. Right. Uh, which is good. Cool. Good stuff. I would say maybe it's just my experience, which is a step up from nothing. Right. Which, which yeah. is true for a lot of people. It's like, or a lot of congregations is that they're, there's nothing on the wall because there is no stated plan. Totally. Absolutely. Pay, so th- pay attention on Sunday and meet Jesus somehow. Yeah. <laughs> this is not that hard. <laughs> no, totally. No, so that's your right. So there are people taking uh and leaders in churches that have taken intentional steps. And I think there's probably a lot of listeners here that would identify with that, right? They've been a part of a church as we know it paradigm where it's like, Yeah, I can think through kind of what's been encouraged. Uh I was actually I was a part of a really good church in leadership for years and we I think we did something else that's also kind of common is that we then had separate discipleship classes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, so now we're entering into discipleship, right? You've been doing these other things, 
But now, yeah. now you're going to go into this one has the name on it. That's right. Uh, and I, to this day, I think I probably led some of those classes. Oh yeah, for sure. And I don't know what I talked about. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what did I talk about? What does discipleship mean in that world? I don't know. I wasn't in that class with you. <laughs> I do want to read this though to kind of frame up a little bit of where we are because I, I, you said it was sort of an intro to this little series of interviews that we'll do with people. And we we just got done talking about who the church is or what the church is. And Damien opens up this chapter with, Our activity is a reflection of our values and the things we believe to be important and true. So ultimately, mm-hmm. the church's activity is an outflow of its identity. And then he, in parentheses, see the previous chapter. <laughs> if you don't, if you skip that part on identity. So if our identity is disciple makers disciple makers if our identity is I was looking at my phone trying to find something and, uh, <laughs> and I was like oh crap he's pointing at me keep going if our identity is disciple makers then our activity should flow out of that mm. so the question is how or what should we do yeah like in 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 light of the fact that I want to own this identity now what do I do so th- that's why we're talking about this is like if, if you want to own this identity which but I, I assume that you do if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> you, know? you must get really bored with us if you are listening to this podcast and don't assume those things. <laughs> right. So if you want to own this identity of disciple making, what is it that we should do? And so like, we're just going to do a few episodes on the what. Uh, so going back to what you said is like, mm-hmm. you know, do you see it from a programmatic mindset or do you see it from uh, life on life, personal disciple making yeah you know, the other day which was many weeks ago in podcast world you mentioned like uh, dog ears. <laughs> you mentioned your five top books that kind of changed your paradigm a little bit and you mentioned dallas willard yeah. and uh divine conspiracy was that right oh yeah and i want to like dive into that for a second because that that idea of apprenticeship this like we discipleship is really apprenticeship that we are um, apprentices to the master who is Jesus walking the steps that he took in the way that he did it um, learning from the master that was that is a absolute simple yet paradigm shift for me to understand what being a disciple is is that was that similar to your story uh, can you say it again? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> are, you, are you making fun of me? Or, are you, or is that true? It's true. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll Apprenti- cut this part. <laughs> <laughs> Apprenticeship equals discipleship. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. Yeah, I'm back with you now. I'm hey. probably not going to cut that, actually. Hey, w- it was welcome like, back. I was trying to... <laughs> I I was paying attention, but I was reading this piece in Damien's book about the vehicle for disciple making, and I was like, "Oh, that that really frames up the personal conversation yeah, versus yeah. programmatic a lot more." Just that because we talk about vehicles so much. Uh, what are the vehicles for disciple making? Is it is it a like a yeah. a class where you are reading a book, and when you talk about apprenticeship, it's like, you know, I'm. I take on that identity, even in that language of identity, where I am apprenticing myself to a master. I'm learning a craft. I'm learning a trade. It's more of an art than a science. You know, like I remember uh, just in the years of playing music on Sundays and 
having different sound guys through the years. I remember this one guy we'd always talk about, like, if he was running sound, it was like, it would be by the book. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there was no feel to it whatsoever. It was like, this level should be here, and the curve of the whatever on the board should, you know, it's like all these things are tweaked based on a textbook. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another guy that had zero textbook training, and the sound was always so much better. Hmm. It was just rich and full because there was an art to it because he had spent years like learning yeah. from this other sound guy who was who would say like I know the textbook would teach you this. But but when you're in a room like this and you have this dynamic of the room and you have these instruments, you actually need to tune the room this way or do the you know like work with the board this way. So uh I I apologize to you that I wasn't paying attention a minute ago, but like I totally agree. <laughs> you can just cut it out because it's good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so, I mean, we tie that into discipleship. So we don't actually have to um, go by the book. Oh, okay, I don't wait. push the metaphor okay. too far. All right. I got confused. Sorry, I wasn't paying attention. When we, <laughs> <laughs> when we talk about vehicles, though, it's like, are you, are you thinking a classroom setting, you know, a sterile environment? Are you thinking where it's like, I know that the book says this, but in like the real life sort of moment. And when I say book, I don't mean the Bible. Not the book. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Or, or is it like, you know, in the real life moment when you have so many different dynamics at play, are you are you responding to the real life dynamics and learning to like move with the spirit as yeah. he moves? Right. I mean, I mean, that's where we talk about the difference between a, a sterile environment and a, a walking in step with Jesus thing. And so for us, practically what we're saying is, well, that's where, where an obedience based discipleship model is, is, is significant as well. There's life on life. There's interacting with people in their spaces. It's been them pointing to Jesus, but on a very practical level, uh, I'm st- I'm intentionally trying to walk beside someone or somebody's where that's why we teach people discovery Bible study because Im- immediately from early on we're just saying look to the master and let him tell you what to do and then we're not gonna we're not gonna just throw a bunch of stuff at you we want to teach you how to be hearers and doers of the word and that's like that to me is on on a very very practical level so simple to wrap my mind around. Mm-hmm. Right, like, why do we talk about I will statements? Why do we talk discovery Bible studies? Why do we take talk about obedience? Is because if we ingrain that early on, like we ingrain this model of apprenticeship as opposed to knowledge or as opposed to the uh, program step step next step next step, then it's like it begins to be kind of all all that you know. I know we don't have his. I paid attention that whole time, by the way. That was awesome. Mate. Yeah, appreciate it. I saw eye contact and everything. <laughs> so good. I know that we don't have his name on our spreadsheet, but this might be a great time to bring in our buddy Brian Phipps. Cool. Uh, just because of the years of disciple making, you know, work that he's put into it. So like movement at Westside and all that kind of stuff uh, here in Kansas City, but and outside of Kansas City for sure. But there, there are two questions that he always poses that I think are really appropriate to this conversation. We talk about vehicles and we talk about is it programmatic or is it uh, personal. He says, in, in our normal experience of the church, we're usually asking the question when it comes to disciple making, what are you going to study next? Yes. When our real question should be, how will I be different? Mm. And just like... That shift. That's huge. Yeah. Makes a significant difference. So when you think about a small group experience or 
whatever inside of uh, prevailing model. It's like, hey, what's the next thing you guys are studying? And then I get to ask, do I want to be a part of it? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm, I don't know if I agree with that that author. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, you don't agree with that? I don't so, agree with anything you're saying. <laughs> you are that Phipps character. <laughs> but when we, it's like the flip would be, do I want to follow Jesus? Right? That's the first question, rather than do I want to be a part of this thing. It's like, do I want to follow you? And then the question is, how will I be different? Because it, it moves from a, that's like transformational versus transactional. Yeah. We're going to read this thing and maybe I'll get this out of it. But that's often also not including an obedience-based process. It's just like more information that now you're responsible for. Mm. But when it's the question is, how will I be different? We're leaning into John 10, 10. How do I get a fully alive life? Yeah. And I, I mean, I've so appreciated that shift that's and uh, just that framing around that as we've coached other leaders to think and use that question. And it's like, well, if the question is, how will I be different? Then it just, there's a whole nother set of implications that follow. Oh, that's so good. And remember, this is all in the context of making new disciples. So that means we have to rub shoulders and live life with people who don't know Jesus. And the, and the, if you think of it, the reason I'm stating the obvious there is because we're having to make this comparison to churches. We know it conversation churches. We know it. We talk about discipleship. There is a assumption that they're in our building already. And the next step, but you already made a first step is coming into our building. And the next step is now teaching you whatever information or getting connected, right? The paradigm we're talking about is disciple making from the ground up in the networks that God has already placed you in or is about to place you in. So let's think about you. You have a group of friends from, uh, you know, whatever world context. Uh, let's just say you like to play pickleball. Do you like to play pickleball? Actually, um, I do enjoy it. Last Thanksgiving, I tore all of the muscles right. on my left side <laughs> playing right. pickle. You shouldn't dive in pickleball. It's not yeah, really a sport, but I did. Yeah, I'm actually going to play pickleball next week with a friend. Uh, we have a great pickleball player who's about to be a part of our network, by the way. I'll tell you about that later. Thank, thanks and, for uh, sharing. So let's say you are a pickleballer. And uh, as a pickleballer, as a pickleballer. You what, the, what was that? I don't know, but I'm gonna open the episode. <laughs> oh man! And you have all your friends from the pickleball world, and you are living life with them, and we're having spiritual conversations, and you're like, okay, how do I start making disciples of these people? That starting point is a totally different paradigm than they're in our building. How do we teach them what's next? And so that's that's the place that we're coming from. In that paradigm, with people in your everyday space, well, okay, uh, let's just keep doing what we've been doing. We're living life together alongside my friends, and maybe we start to take uh, intentional steps of hanging out together as a group, of um, having dinner together, or maybe you know what we're starting to do with my friends is we're you know gather together, have donuts on Sunday morning, and uh, do discovery with our families. And at that point, we're just saying, okay, let's just read a, a Jesus story. And say, how are we going to live differently because of this? And who are we going to share with, right? That we wrap our minds around. And then we're saying, okay, it's about obedience, about its apprenticeship. It's it's not about all this other stuff. Next step for us right now is to to just to discover together what Jesus is telling us, and then we'll do something about it. And then the next step after that is discovering what Jesus is telling me and what I'm going to do about it. And we keep keep pressing deeper into that so that that is just the, uh, that's, that's just the foundation. 
-hmm. right? I mean, so and the reason why we're um, separating these two, so and it seems like I'm saying the same thing over and over again, is that it's really hard to have that mindset of discipleship coming from this other paradigm because it's just it's just straight up different starting point. Yeah, and I think, that, like, as I'm listening to what you're saying on this piece, too, the phrase that is coming back in my mind is the one you often use, which is just in time. Yeah. Where it's like, um, when we talk about, you know, it's like, look at what Jesus did. Like, I mean, he had, his, he had intentionality of where he's moving these yeah. these men and women yeah. who are following him. Unfortunately, we don't get the stories of the women in there, but... It's like he knew where he was moving them, but it's always sort of like just in time for what they need in that moment. Not like, okay, yeah. we did 101 and 201. Now you're allowed to do these things. Like pretty early on, they were casting out demons, healing the sick. Yeah, but I, I hear what you're saying. It's like even if they were day one, they start following him. He says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. They're stepping into mission. But at the same time, like they're not necessarily doing the same things that they were doing Months yeah, or and, years down the road. And, and so there's moments where you know, like we tried to cast out this demon and it didn't work. So this this kind can only yeah. come out by prayer. Like yeah. it's like in this moment, I'm showing you more, or mm. I'm going to explain more these parables that I was talking about with the crowds that you need some extra. You and, know, and then he gets on. so frustrated. Oh, this generation! How much longer do I have to hang out with you? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's there's that, there's there's real there too. I, I guess what I'm saying is like the apprenticeship piece. Actually, again. I think in, in light of this, trying to make this conversation practical is like there's less weight. Totally. You know, like in, in the sense there's there's less pressure to, to come up with the next great study or the next great thing. It's like, you know, you're just doing life with people. I hate that phrase so much, by the way. That's yeah, just something just, that bothers me about it. Let's just do some life, man. Yeah, let's just do life. What does that mean? It's so vague. do that life. Um, but, you know, like for... And 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 also it takes this understanding of like this elevated word of disciple making down into I'm just living my life with other people who are living their life and just doing all doing life together. <laughs> oh gosh, I hate that phrase. And and looking towards Jesus to inform it. And like the practical exactly. thing right now is like in my neighborhood, there's five, six, seven guys. And on Tuesday nights, we're all reading this book together about being an intentional father. Why? Because we're all asking that question. Yeah. We're all coming from different angles. We're all coming from different faith backgrounds, different spiritual histories, different family rhythms, everything. And it doesn't matter. I don't have to own moving them to something. I don't have to make them yeah. in my image of that. We're just all asking the question together. Yeah. And that's, that's like real disciple making that's happening. Yeah. Because we're saying what will inform this and how can we... I'm asking it for myself. How does Jesus inform my parenting? And I believe these guys are doing the same thing in different ways. But it's like none of us feel the weight of like having to have it perfect. It's just we were all asking the question, so now we're asking it together. No, that's good. And it shows that discipleship is bigger than a discovery Bible study, right? You're, yeah. You're, you're doing life with these guys. <gasps> what? I just I don't know. so appropriate. It's a, the, the phrase feels so— Anyway, just, you know. um, so you're doing life with these guys. And— this is a thing that you guys are talking about. It's really relevant to things that you're pressing into. There's a book that somebody wrote about it. We're going to have good conversations around it. Like yeah. that can be a part of discipleship. Does that mean that, oh, suddenly I'm, uh, you know, a knowledge-based approach of discipleship? No. 
It's just part of it because you're living life. You're doing life with people. And this, it reminds me, and I was trying to find this statistic. That's what I was looking on my phone a second ago while you uh, clearly were talking to me uh, and while we were recording, that there's this uh, a statistic that I've thrown out in a bunch of sermons and talks over the years. I just, I'll trust you with it. You can make up numbers. Uh, I just wish I remember. This is like of all the interactions in the Gospels that we read about uh, in terms of Jesus, Jesus' interactions with people. I just want you to think about this since I don't have the specific number. How many of them are in official religious spaces? Mm-hmm. Synagogue, temple, wherever else. I don't know if, or if there are more than that. And then how many are in the everyday spaces of life? I mean... 90, 10, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. I mean, I think it was somewhere... It was like 5 to 7, maybe, of like actually oh, yeah, happening in the, five, the temple. Yeah. I mean, something crazy like that. And I mean, just just think about that. That is that is, that is our master that we're following. Mm. And that's the personal piece. And even like going back to what you said, where it's like we're using something outside of a discovery Bible study. None of us are dropping like knowledge on each other to go, well, this is how you become a father. <laughs> like what we're all asking is like, how can how can we walk away from this conversation, go back into our houses and live our lives in such a way that our children have a better vision of what yeah. it, what it means to like for them to be sons and daughters, to have identity in that, to for us to understand what it's like to impart a story into them and and a faith story, a story informed by Jesus. And it's like we're asking the question, how can we walk away from here and be obedient in new ways? Yeah. It's not just about getting new knowledge on Tuesday night. We do get that. And again, like I, I think in some ways I've confused this conversation and made it about knowledge versus obedience or uh, they, uh, a class versus a thing. Yeah, right, totally but it's overlap. all, it's it's like... What does it mean to get into the weeds with people, get yes. into the real life stuff and not like over spiritualize it and go, well, it's actually about, I don't know. I'm trying, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, Some theological topic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Disagreement. Like, <clears throat> no, totally. Like, and my, my main point with it, cause I'm with you on that. That's almost like that's, that's part B in some ways. Part A is if we just totally remove the doing life with people part of this, mm-hmm then who cares if we insert a program because we actually aren't interacting with not yet followers of Jesus. And that's my point is like, uh, we think of the missionary pathway. we got extraordinary prayer and fasting. we got live as missionaries. we got plant the gospel, right? We plant the gospel uh, looks like a lot of things, but one of the, the main tool that we emphasize there is discovery Bible study, right? Begin to make disciples who can hear and follow Jesus. But you know what we really suck at in America <laughs> is living as a missionary, like actually interacting with people who don't know Jesus because we've mostly gone into our own church bubbles. And like the very fact of living life alongside people, you you take that part out, then the program that you have of discipleship, whatever that is, it's, who cares? It's not going to, it's not actually going to happen. So if you really are pressing in and living life alongside people and rubbing shoulders and doing what Jesus did, or it's like the, the 90, 10 principle that we're just talking about, then, okay, plant the gospel. What does that look like? Right? Like it's a totally different paradigm. Like I'm not just going to insert whatever discipleship class that I took in whatever classroom setting. I'm going to respond to what your current need is. Exactly. Or what your current storyline is or your current broken place is or your current hope yeah. Whatever it is. And then you, when in those gospel conversations, what we call them, you're having a spiritual conversation with somebody about, I mean, I recently with a friend, we're on the back porch and we're 
talking about some really, really difficult stuff. I don't insert at that point whatever discipleship class I'm talking about. It's We talk about what the Bible says in regards to the topic we are just, and I don't want to get specific because I'm realizing. Right, right, right. Um, but like, and then that's when it's like, oh, well, that was where the invitation came to, as our fa- let's our families together read some scripture and just do what Jesus tells us, right? And yeah. it was, so it's just, and it's was, I don't know how else to say it. It's not hard in that sense. Right. Like it's hard to press into relationships and to make time and lots of things. But when you're actually having conversations with people, you don't have to be uber spiritually gifted. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism. You don't have to, you just have to like, you know, do what our friend Seth Bouchel says, be a good listener, ask a good question. And then you ask know, another good question, ask another good question and talk about Jesus a little bit. It's, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's, it's, if you insert that piece, living like Jesus in the everyday spaces, then it actually informs our disciple making process away from a program into a, what you've already been doing, a personal journey. Yeah, that's good. All right. So, uh, next week we will interview our buddy Guy, also known as Guy with an eye. Guy with an eye. That's, like, that's, how you spell that's it. what James Mays called him, <laughs> Guy with an eye. So, so uh, Guy will share more of his story of just how what what does giving my life away and doing disciple making in the everyday spaces look like. Yeah. So, until next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches and every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.